welcome to the Easy Yoga Podcast with myself, Gemma Nice, Easy Yoga founder, author, yoga coach, and relationship coach. It is my pleasure to have you here and for you to feel energized, calm, happy, and for you to have the perfect relationship with yourself, your partner, and your family without seeing a family therapist, changing your personality, or leaving your job. You will learn techniques and things to help you guide you through a better life through health, meditation, yoga, journaling, nutrition, and all things yoga for you to have the life you deserve and crave and for you to love yourself on a soul level. Thank you so, so much for being here today. And I am so grateful and so full of love to have you here. Enjoy this next episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode from Easy Yoga, all things relationships, well-being and yoga. And today my special guest is Nikki Ballou and he is the number one international best-selling author of the book Finish Line Thinking, How to Think and Win Like a Champion, The Thought leader's journey a fable of life the power of connecting how to activate profitable relationships by serving your network he is an in-demand and highly inspirational speaker to corporate audiences such as rbc lululemon royal lepage and tour star media and he is an advisor and confidant to some of the most successful and dynamic entrepreneurs in canada so thank you welcome thank you for being here thanks for having me it's a real honor to be here god bless your heart yeah, it's really nice to have you on. Thank you for coming on. So um, tell me a bit about your story. Where did you, what did you kind of do or yeah, anything like that? Sure, absolutely. I'm actually originally an immigrant from the Middle East. I'm a Christian from Iran. When I was 11 years old, the Islamic revolution took place in Iran. And my late father, God rest his soul, he could see the writing on the wall. He did not want us to be here because he saw that this wasn't going to be a great place to raise his Christian family. So what he did is he made a plan and he executed the plan. Eventually, he got us out of Iran and we settled where I now live, which is in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And at the time, I was mad. I was 11. I left my friends. I left my home. It was, it was terrible. But looking back, wow, what a great thing my father did. He basically took us from a legacy of tyranny and he brought us to a legacy of freedom. That is my number one value, freedom. You know, freedom is what allows all of us to basically choose the kind of life that we want to live. Freedom, free expression, free enterprise. Without free enterprise, you can't create the type of life you want to create as an entrepreneur, as a yogini, as whatever you want to, you want to do. And to me, that was very, very important. And my uh, my late father, he was an entrepreneur. He was an uplifter of human beings. If he knew you and you were looking for work, he'd help you find a job. If you were looking to start a business, he'd meet with you, bring you other advisors, even get you access to capital so you could get started. And if you were trying to buy a car or a house or an apartment, and you didn't quite have enough money, dad would talk you up. That's just what he was like. And you might be thinking to yourself, what? Who does that? Who, who, who does that? Well, the late great Napoleon Ballou, for one. And why would he do that? Well, first and foremost, he did it because he was a devout Christian and he believed he'd been blessed by God and was his duty to share those blessings with other people, right? Secondly, he did it because he could. He yeah. was successful. He had the ability as a successful businessman to be able to help people. 
And I wanted to be like my father. That was, that was my goal. I wanted to be just like dad. And, uh, you know, eventually I became an entrepreneur and I got into the helping professions. And here's what I saw. Most good people that go into business for themselves, they're good at what they do. Yeah. And they're good people, but they're not good at business. They don't understand marketing. They don't understand sales. They don't understand hiring, firing, culture building, customer service. They don't understand systems and processes and structures and IT and social media. And they don't understand balance sheets and income statements and cash flow statements. They don't understand any of that stuff. And that's a problem because that gets in the way of them being able to maximize their growth. So I thought, I understand all this stuff. I come from a business family. I studied that that in school. So let me help people. So that's what I started to do is I help people who are good at what they did, but not necessarily good at business. And it was getting in the way of their business. So I started to help those folks. And then I really saw that marketing and sales was kind of like the big two issues. You know, a lot of people don't want to sell. They're like, oh my God, I don't want to be one of those pushy people. I, <laughs> I was like one of those. <laughs> yeah, sales, yeah. salesy types. You want to buy? You want to buy? You want to buy? You want to buy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they walk in the room. Their breath smells of commission breath. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, you know, I looked at that and I thought, okay, so how do I help these folks? Well, first and foremost, we have to help them reframe selling. Because selling, like as a word, is not a word that a lot of people have good connotations with. But service, service is a great word. And really, you go from selling to serving. Nobody wants to be sold. You don't want to be sold, Jeremiah. I don't want to be sold. But I bet you, you love to be served. Yeah. I bet you, you love to be served. Because yeah. I love to be served, right? <laughs> and you will give money to people who serve you. Because that's just the kind of person that you are. And that's kind of like how human beings are wired. So, you know. Just helping people rewire their thinking from sales to service and developing a, a methodology to help them do that helped a lot of people double, triple, quadruple yeah. their business. And, you know, my father used to say, life is about people. It's not about money. Business is about people. It's not about money. And I was like, okay, right on, right? Because he was, he would look, tell me, he looked me in the eye, he goes, that person that you're sitting in front of, that's someone's wife, that's someone's daughter, that's someone's sister, right? That's someone's mom, that's someone's father, that's someone's brother, right? That's someone's son, that's someone's husband. That, that's a person with hopes, dreams, aspirations. There's people who love them, people they love, right? And um, you got to like go out of your way to like, show them that you're you're there to be of service to them because that really is what it means to be a good person a good human being and make it about them not about you a lot of people get all messed up about sales because they put all the attention on themselves i wonder if they're going to like me i wonder if they're going to buy from me don't do that instead wonder how badly they're hurting wonder if you know you can help them wonder if what you have to offer will make their life better and wonder if you can help them see that those are the things to do because that is really at the end of the day the most important thing that's kind of like step one in being a successful business owner is yeah because it's, I about suppose them. it's money, not about you it's about people not about money yeah definitely because the money is like a byproduct of it 
of what you're serving. Exactly. Definitely. And if you are stuck in your comfort zone, because I was here for years (laughs) stuck and I never wanted to go past that comfort zone, how do you get them out of it? What would you say? Well, there's four qualities you need to have in order to be successful. And it's nobody can get you out of your comfort zone. You need to get yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah. That is the fact. So, and these qualities will make that clear. Well, quality number one is decisiveness. You got, you got to make a decision. Yeah. Decision comes from the word decide and decide means to kill off the alternative. That is a very deliberate word because the root of the word decide is side. What other words have side in it? Well, suicide, homicide, genocide, patricide, regicide, all these are about killing. And deciding is killing the alternative to what you're deciding to do. So you gotta be like somebody who's like, okay, I'm doing this. There's no, I'm, well, maybe kicking tires, no. So I'll tell you a story, powerful story. So the best-selling book in the genre of personal development of all time is Think and Grow Rich. I'm sure you've heard of this book, right? Yes. Think and yeah. Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It sold 150 million copies. Wow. 150 million copies. That's mental. So it, it really is fantastic. Super califragilistic. Awesome. So 150 million copies. Amazing, right? Now, what you may not know is that the fellow who wrote it, Napoleon Hill, he got a start because of being decisive. So when he was a young man, he was a newspaper reporter. This was back in the day where that was an honest profession, you know what I mean? And you actually could trust reporters to yeah. tell the truth <laughs> and not push an agenda, unlike today. Yeah. And um, his editor said, I want you to go meet Andrew Carnegie, who at the time was the richest man in the world, originally a uh, Someone from the UK, a Scotsman born in Scotland, came to America penniless and became the richest man in the world. And when he met uh, with Andrew Carnegie and he interviewed him, they had a great time. They really hit it all. And so by the end of the interview, Andrew Carnegie looked at him and said, Mr. Hill, very formal people were back in those days. Yeah, yeah. Sir, how would you, sir, he called him sir, like he was a little young young pup and this is the richest man in the world. Sir, how would you like to spend the weekend with me at my estate? I'd like to invite you to do that. And the reason is that I wish to talk with you further. And Gemma, I don't know about you, but if the richest man in the world came to me or if Oprah came to you and yeah. said, hey, yeah. how would you like to spend the weekend at my estate? I would like to talk with you further. That's I know what my answer is. It's, it's <laughs> yes, absolutely. I call my sweetheart and I go, sweetheart, I won't be home this weekend. I'm hanging out with Elon Musk, right? <laughs> and, um, you know, that's what he did. He, he, he went, he took the offer and he stayed there and, you know, it was magic. Like he was at a palatial estate, uh, you know, overlooking nature. And they spoke for the whole weekend about his philosophy of success. And Andrew Carnegie really dug into it with Napoleon Hill. 
And he really took a shine of the young man. And by the time the weekend was over, he said to him, Mr. Hill, I have a proposition for you. He said, okay. He said, how would you like to spend the next 20 years of your life researching and writing a book about my philosophy of success? Wow. He said, he said to him, now, here's, here's the conditions. I will not pay you a stipend. But what I will do is I will give you letters of introduction to the 500 richest and most successful men and women in these here United States so that you can speak to them and you can research what their philosophy of success is yeah. and use that information that you gather from those meetings to write this book. Now, Gemma, business is about relationships. Yeah. He was about to give him the 500 most important relationships in the United States. Well, like, I got to tell you, Napoleon Hill just took one second to look at him. He took 30 more seconds to say yes. <laughs> The rest is history. That's amazing. He met with these folks. He researched. He wrote the book, obviously, that's become this fun global phenomenon, the best-selling personal development book of all time. Now, years later, the two men met one last time before the great man passed away. And they were reminiscing about their initial meeting. And at one point, Andrew Carnegie said, Mr. Hill, I need to tell you something. All those years ago, when I made that proposition to you to research and write about my philosophy of success, what I had was a watch and he pulled out this beautiful ornate watch you know back in the day when they had these watches that fit in your hand and yeah. slipped in the pocket right there before before the wrist watch yeah he said and this watch has a second hand as you can see i had it under the table and i had given you one minute one full minute to make up your mind if you had not made up your mind in a minute i was going to withdraw the offer wow needs to be withdraw that's incredible you think about that. Withdraw the offer. You made the right decision. And he said, whoa, why? He said, why indeed, Mr. Hill? <laughs> you should answer that question given your study of my philosophy of success for the past 20 plus years. And he said, you're right, Mr. Carnegie. You're absolutely right. He took a moment, he thought about it, and he said, ah, of course. Successful people are decisive people. Unsuccessful people are not. Yeah. Successful people gather the facts and make a decision on the spot. And they don't dilly-dally about gathering the facts. They gather them quickly. 
unsuccessful people let their fear yeah stop them from gathering the facts quickly and let their fear stop them from making a decision at all and they'll go oh i need to think about it i need to sit with it what do you need to sit with you loser <laughs> yeah use your intuition what, sit with the fact that your life kind of sucks and it's not where you want it to be right now yeah give me a break no and he said i'd approach four other people the most eminent educators in the united states i made them the same offer and they all said i need to think about it wow. i'll get back to you only two did two never did and they all said no and he said i knew they were the wrong people i knew you were the right person so you must be a decisive human being if you're comfortable you must make a decision to become uncomfortable definitely a decision to become uncomfortable think to about that your comfort zone yeah secondly you must commit commit to victory every master was once a disaster and you must be a disaster before you can be a master learn from your mistakes you have to say i'm in it when it not i'm in it for a week a month a year i'm in it to win it you have to be willing to suck before you can be bad you have to be willing to be bad before you can be mediocre you have to be willing to be mediocre before you can be average you have to be willing to be average before you can be decent you have to be willing to be decent before you can be good you have to be willing to be good before you can be great you have to be willing to be great before you can be masterful and you have to be willing to be masterful before you can become iconic and you have to be willing to be iconic before you can become the best that ever was at your craft that is the attitude commitment third you gotta be coachable <laughs> yeah <laughs> robin sharma said to me he was my client said nikki you want to double your income triple your investment in personal and professional development triple 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 And I'm like, okay, you've got to hire the coaches, pay what they ask. Yeah. You've got to join the peer groups, masterminds, pay what they ask. You've got to attend the conferences, pay what they ask. You've got to do the courses and pay what they ask. And you've got to read the books and pay what they ask. If you could have done it by yourself, you would have done it by yourself. Coachable. And fourth, resourceful. Yeah. You have to be resourceful. Resourceful. Tony Robbins said it doesn't matter how much money you have. Yeah. What matters is how bad do you want to change? How resourceful are you willing to be? Your resources don't matter. You have to become resourceful. I'll tell you my own personal story. Over a decade ago, I was married and my then wife, seemingly out of the blue, decided she didn't want to be married to me anymore. No, wow. I was 
utterly devastated. Maybe I should have seen it coming, but I absolutely did not. And I spiraled. I, she kicked me out of the house. I slept on my mother's couch. I was making no money. Couldn't provide for my family, my children. It was horrible. Horrible. And um, what did I do? I spiraled. A friend of mine bought me a ticket to a conference. I had no money. I attended the conference with him. I heard a man deliver a talk. It resonated with my soul, spoke to my heart. Soon as he was done, I just like ran to the stage, pushed everybody out of the way and stuck up my hand and introduced myself and told him my story. And at the end of my monologue, I said to him, I think I need to hire you. I do. Amazing. And he said, okay. He said, okay. He said, here's what you need to know. My minimum fee to work with someone is $5,000 for five hours of my time, five sessions. And um, I require payment upfront in advance in full. I offer no guarantees and no refunds. You still want to work with me? I recoiled. I was like, I, I don't have that kind of money. He said, I know. I'm going to give you some free coaching, kid. I'm like, free coaching? Okay, let's do it. And um, he said, it doesn't matter how much money you have. I said, it doesn't. He said, no. I said, but wait a minute. I thought that's what mattered because you want $5,000 from me to work with me. He said, yeah. He said, listen, I don't need you $5,000. I got plenty of money. I got plenty of people who want to work with me. If you don't work with me, I got 20 more lined up. No biggie. I choose who I work with. You, on the other hand, you don't have a lot of other options. Your wife's kicked you to the curb. You're sleeping on your mother's couch. You're not providing for your family and you feel like a loser. How much longer do you want to put up with this? A day? A week? A month? A year? A lifetime? Gemma, I was like, whoa. Whoa. And um, I said to him, all right, give me a couple days. I made an appointment to go see him at his office in two days. Back then, I was a personal fitness trainer. Don't do that anymore. There were a couple of folks that I was in discussion with who had said neither yes nor no to working with me. So I, I called them up with a lot of urgency. And I said, I have great news. They said, sure, what is it? I said, you are fat and you need to lose weight or you're going to have an extreme health event, like a heart attack or a stroke, or diabetes. And I said, and I'm broke. 
and I need money so I can see my sons and I can provide for them. So good news is I'm willing to give you the deal of a century, half price. But here's the catch. You got to say yes or no now, and you got to pay me now. Yeah. And this yeah. offer expires at the end of this call when I hang up. And um, they said, okay. They gave me $1,000 each. I had $2,000. I was excited. I went over to see Bill was the name of the gentleman. Dropped down the 2000 on his desk, smiling from ear to ear. And he's like, oh, that's great. But I said five, not two. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I, I looked at him and I said, yeah, Bill, how many people have you told this little story to? He said, over the years, 30, maybe 40. I said, that many? I said, yeah. I said, besides me, who else has come back with any money? He said, oh, that's easy. You are the first. Oh. The first. The very first. That's the very first. Uh-huh. The very first. I'm like, okay, take my money. I'm going to sign a contract where I'll pay you the rest within a month. And he said, okay. And the rest is history. I made six figures within six months. I paid him off early. Wow. That's amazing. So good. How bad do you want change? Someone's listening to this, right? And they're going, well, you know, how do I get out of my comfort zone? No, no, no. Make a decision. Commit. Get coached. Get a coach. And make a determination that you want change bad and you're going to be resourceful. You're going to do what you need to do. How bad do you want change? We live in a soft era. Yeah. Definitely. People are soft. Mm -hmm. I don't do soft. I don't coddle people. You want to stay a loser? Stay a loser. Yeah. More power to you. I don't associate with losers. I associate with winners. And winners isn't about how much money you have. Winners is a state of mind. Yeah. A willingness to act. Definitely. There's lots of losers that are rich. And there's lots of winners that are broke. You understand what I'm saying? I love that. Yeah. Definitely. It's up to you to change. Everything's up to you. Now we are going to go to a short break. See you the other side. Hey, hey. I just wanted to share with you that I am now an ambassador for Toby Gifts and they are an incredible company who do coconut bowls, upcycled rice bags, recycled plastic notebooks in the form of elephant dung paper yes you heard that right coconut spoons and bamboo straws and Toby Gifts is an incredible company 
owned by English entrepreneur Hannah Hodson, and she wanted to build an ethical, fair trade and socially responsible business selling coconut and smoothie bowls to the UK. And it was founded with a triple bottom line philosophy where people and planet are just as important as profit. The team established partnerships with many different groups in Sri Lanka to build a brighter future for their local communities. And it is such a lovely company to work for. They're fair trade, they have the ability to directly change lives as well as our ever-present sense of evolving environmental changes help us to keep focus on making a world a better place. So you can get a discount with tovigifts.com. Go to tovigifts.com and in the checkout put Yogi Gemma 10 for a 10% discount and go ahead and find out more about them because they are an incredible company and I absolutely love them. The coconut bowls are so beautiful. The the children really love them. They also love the the straws as well. It's just oh I just love it so so much. And actually I'm using the notebooks for all of my clients as well. So yes, go and have a look. It's tovigifts.com and use Yogi Gemma 10 at the checkout for your wonderful discount oh wow yes i absolutely love that and uh three takeaway points from today's conversation now i'm gonna put you on the spot <laughs> well i think i gave you four no, i think you just right? did actually <laughs> <laughs> that's not decide commit be coachable get resourceful Yes. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you a story to end things off. A few years ago, actually about five years ago at this time, a woman was introduced to me and my lady. I work with my sweet better half, wonderful woman. And um, this woman had been the country director for Canada for one of the world's largest and oldest personal development firms. Wow. She decided she wanted to grow, so she brought a fella on to help her run the company. She thought he was very talented. And for about a year, everything was great. You know, but it was kind of like Steve Jobs and Apple back in the 80s when he brought on John Scully from Pepsi to help him run Apple. And after a year, just like Steve and Jobs, their visions of the future diverged. Yeah. And the board of directors sided with him and kicked her out of the company. Now, how the hell do you get kicked out of a company you start? Wow. Yeah. But it happens as Steve Jobs, the late great Steve Jobs has said many times. Now, here's the thing. She was lost. She was bereft. She was unsure and lacked all clarity. Someone introduced her to us, and we could see this is a good person. And she would want to change back. So we brought her into our program. We helped her see that she already understood that she had to pour into people. We helped her get her message clear because her message sucked. She was like, I can do anything for anybody. No, we helped her get clear that she was going to help people deal with burnout who were company owners, 10 million plus companies. So we got a narrow market, narrow message. We helped her develop thought leadership and, you know, depth of expertise. 
we help their price properly because most people don't own their pricing and undercharge. Yes. When you undercharge, you hurt your client. So we helped her charge right. And, you know, we coached her. We're the best coaches around. In her first month, she did $10,000 in profit. In her second month, she did $12,000. In her third month, she did $18,000. In her fourth month, she did $62,200 oh. in profit. It's amazing. It's amazing. She lives in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, where, you know, we live. In Toronto, which is about a five-hour drive away. My oldest son, he was... Um, at the time he was uh, 12 he's seven, 17 now he had a soccer tournament in Ottawa football um, and uh, he still plays he's quite a good football player and uh, uh, anyways I called her up she has a son his age and I said hey how would you and your son like to come and hang out with me and my son at the tournament watch a game have some food be nice right um she said that sounds good they came it was great we won the tournament that was great hey. <laughs> everybody went home a few weeks later we had one of our quarterly branded thought leader immersion workshops this is where we teach people how to add one to two zeros to their annual income using the thought leadership methodologies that we talked about right now and how to sell from the heart and serve from the heart and all that yeah and we were at the point in the event where we um, offered new people how they could work with us. You know, we have ongoing year-long program. And um, the way I do it is I ask people in our community to share their success secrets. If there's people there, and if there's not, we, we put videos of them. So there she is. She is um, there. And I'm like asking who? would like to share. She leaps on stage. I mean, just bounds out of her chair. I can't even pick somebody. She's like, I'll do it, me. I'm like, okay. She's on stage. She's looking around. Her shoulders start to heave. Like, What's going on? Because I'm standing behind her. I can't see her face. Yeah. And then I could hear a sob or two. And I'm like, is she crying? Is she crying? Like any man around a woman, when she cries, we're like, what did I do? Why is she crying? <laughs> yeah. Right? So she turns around and my lovely lady comes on stage with some tissues so she can, you know, blow her nose and all that. She does that and she is sobbing and talking. And she goes, Nikki. You did not know this, but when you and your little son came to visit me and my little son, my little son said, mommy, 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 who are we going to go meet? And I said to him, oh, sweetheart, we're going to meet Nikki Baloo and his son. And she said, he got really quiet. And he said to her, oh, mommy, are we going to get to meet the man who saved our family? Aww. Now, you must understand something, Jenna. I am not a snowflake. I'm an old school masculine yeah. man. Yeah. I do not cry in public. Except on that day, I cried like a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I, we hugged and in between her sobs and my sobs, she's like, and everyone's going, oh, she said, when we met, the bank was about to foreclose on our home. I never told you this. Wow. And we hadn't paid our mortgage in months. And my husband and I, she said, we were fighting every single day like cats and dogs. And I'm like, well, cats and dogs. And um, she said, it looked like we were going to break up. My kids thought we were going to break up. Like I was going to lose my precious family. You literally helped us turn things around and save our family. So we hugged again and everybody clapped and she sat down and I had, I had, you know, we handed out the registration forms. You got to understand people don't always immediately sign up, right? Some people sign up, some people don't at all. So there are no, I don't want this. And some people are, there's some back and forth conversation required. There are eight people in the room. And this is a big ticket item. This is not a small, low ticket item. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a decision, right? Powerful decision. Yeah. You need to understand that they started filling out the forms, all of them, as soon as they got them. All of them. Nobody needed to think about it. That little boy is the greatest salesperson I've ever had. That's incredible. <sighs> and I realized this that there's no technique there's no gimmick that there was just a an honest real conversation yeah from somebody whose life had been touched and and in a, in a really beautiful way and the people in that room they heard their own hopes aspirations struggles anxieties in this woman's story and that's what they wanted and i i guess they also thought that you never know who you can trust. I mean, you're taking a leap of faith. But they kind of thought, yeah, he's not saying this. She's saying this. So there was a level of greater trust in that third-party validation that came through. And for me, it was powerful because I realized that I want to help people like her. I want to help people like her. That's amazing. I love it. And where can we find you? What's your website or your social media channels? Um, Nikki Baloo at any social media channel. Nikki Baloo, if you go to Amazon and you want to buy the books or listen to the podcasts, and books are cheap, podcasts are free. <laughs> um, you know, if you're a, but if you're like, if you're in that space of, I want change bad then go to my main website, eastcircleacademy.com forward slash appointment and get on my calendar and let's have a conversation. I want to talk to you if you want to change back. That's it. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much. It's been amazing to have you on today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show, Gemma. It was great. 
Oh, so as always, I would love to hear your thoughts about this episode. So please leave a comment or tag me on social media using at Yogi Gemma. I'm always so grateful to hear your thoughts. And thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode. I will be back next week with another one, another fun episode for you guys to listen to. And also please leave a review on iTunes or like and subscribe to this podcast because it really means the world to me. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, and I will see you very soon. Bye.